Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, welcome to the Autocar Podcast, My Week in Cars, with Pryor here, Cropley there. Hello, Steve. How are you going, mate? Very well, mate, because uh, we have just been over to see... My mate, now your mate, Simon Scott Russell, to, uh, who looks after a lot of Lotus Elises. Yeah. Cool place. Interesting. It was, yeah. I tell you what, it, it, the thing it, it taught me, I've, I've had two early Elises, mm. and what I now realise is that you need a specialist to really tell you the ins and outs of these early cars, because I thought they were completely blameless, made of aluminium, nothing to go wrong, but... Mm. And and they are still pretty bulletproof, but there were some rather important bits that he told us about, weren't there? Yeah, a few sort of mild steel grommets and bits like that that yeah. have a, that galvanic corrosion that sets in. But yeah, what it, what I learnt slash took away, because there are lots of people who look after lots of different classics, but there is something about, I think, somebody who looks after only one specific mark or model or really... Spe- because you effect- they effectively gather data by seeing time and time again the same things happen. yeah that actually if you were a broad classic car specialist and you saw everything you actually might only see one or two examples of a i don't know an mgb every three years and not know the things that go wrong with mgbs yeah no i think it's the case and yeah. it's also fun isn't it you know we're plugging into their knowledge if you mm. you know if you ever took i used to love talking to 2cv lovers because they knew every single <laughs> bolt you know yeah. every and uh you know that that the depth of that knowledge is uh, it's it's really mesmerising actually mm. I think. And as a, it's funny as a probably more as a classic owner than a new car owner, you do when you buy something you just start on the process, don't you? Of the learning about the start the process yeah. again. Yeah, and I can see why people have a classic and then go, I'm just going to get another one because yeah. I already know I already know what goes wrong. I know what yeah. what it's like. You know, and there's something about that. Yeah. Anyway, we've got a letter, Steve. Uh, you can write to us, autocar at haymarket.com. Kevin Webb has written to say, Each time I visit a fuel station, I glance at the prices displayed on the roadside sign. 
I think Kevin's got a point here, by the way. He says, what I see is fuel priced to the one-tenth of a penny. This is nonsense. If your local supermarket priced products this way, you'd think they'd taken leave of their senses. How about autocar petitioning fuel companies to uh, lead on their retailers and get this nonsense abolished? I mean, there is something to be said for that. Because if you if it's a, a tenth of a penny difference and you put a 50 litres in, that's five pence over a yeah. tank. I mean, it just the idea that you would claim some kind of competitive advantage over the tenth of a penny does a bit. I don't know. Yeah, maybe there should be... Maybe there should be a bit more, I don't know, clarity, clarity about yeah. it. Yeah, it seems a bit. I don't. I don't like adverts where they say, "This new TV is only three two nine. What does that mean? Well, three two three three. No, say it's three hundred and twenty nine pounds. But the ASA doesn't advertising standards. It doesn't care. Let them do it. But yeah, they, I think Kevin might be onto something there. Yeah, I well, think it, we'd we have a bit more appreciation of how much fuel actually costs if it just said. Per litre, £1.35. Yeah. Or £1.37. Well, that's it's the way the rest of us think, isn't it, as yeah. he says. Yeah. So he's right. Yeah. I think we're right. Yeah. Thanks for the note, Kevin. Um, over the next half hour or thereabouts, Steve and I are going to be talking about our respective columns in Autocar, plus more besides. Um, this week, there is some sensible news on Euro 7 regulations. Yeah, well, I, th- I suspect um, there are people in the world that know much more about this than me, but it, it's, it's sort of come to my attention anyway that the, <clears throat> that the Euro 7 toxic emissions standards are the same as Euro 6, which means that car manufacturers don't have to go to the trouble of re-engineering their car's induction systems and exhaust systems for a, a declining group of cars and and they can spend what money they have and they need plenty on electrification yeah after all the the euro six standards as we've often said in the mag are extremely uh tough anyway and there's very little to be gained and as a result the car manufacturers who are i think slightly surprised at this outbreak of good sense that occurred (laughs) they say they predict that um you know, between now and 2035, I think it is, 80% of punters will change, will feel confident to change their cars, even people who aren't going for EVs, but are just, just want a new car and want to buy, will probably buy an ICE car. Mm. And that saves, you know, that, that means you're getting rid of Euro 4s and 3s and 5s and things like that. So it's a net benefit. Because Euro 7 was pretty the the proposals for some of the euro 7 regulations were so stringent that the, the, a car might take 20 30 seconds to actually start and stuff like yeah. that is that right wasn't it it was incredibly hard to make and it was going to push press add hundreds if not more to the prices of cars yeah yeah i yeah. think thousands yeah so it's it's all um, worked out well mm. and as you say the modern internally combusted car even partly electrified or not is pretty clean in terms yeah. of Toxic emissions. Yeah, and yeah, the, just... the, the the trick is to get rid of the really dirty ones. I think mm, yeah. that go back 10, 15 years. Yeah, yeah. So the quicker you make that transition, the better. Uh, what about brakes and tires? That seems oh, they're, to be they're introducing the standards, days. yeah, right. for particulates, okay. which I, I I think is all right, particularly mm. because some of the cars we're now encouraging people to drive up are way twice as much as if you know a nineteen ninety seven Ford Mondeo, mm. uh, Ford focus and that must create more particulates it just must yeah 
in time. So, that's particularly, mustn't it? Yeah. It's not necessarily. Mind you, so I've been, I've, I was thinking about this. You know, like a high performance tyre, like, you know, we get when we test, I don't know, we go to a racetrack and they go, yeah, we've put this car on the latest Michelin Pilot Sport Cup, two R's or whatever. Yep. You'll get three good laps out of them. Yep. The part, the, the breakdown of those must be much higher than the breakdown in an economy tyre, which you might find in a, particularly in an EV where rolling resistance is so crucial. Mm. Do those tyres last longer and create less particulates? I believe the, the so-called so eco tyres do they are better. wear less and create yeah. less gubbins mm. for, the, for, the, for, for those very reasons, because yeah. um, the tyre manufacturers have been aware for a while that these standards are going to tighten and they're trying to do their bit. It's another case of the, I think, of the motor industry moving to um, fix its problems without getting a lot of credit for it. Yes, yeah. Tyres are, I mean, so little understood broadly, I would say. I think most of the performance benefits over the last 20 years in performance cars, so much of it has come from the tyres. It has, yeah. And yet we know so little about it. Really, in, a, in you know, it's hard to do a tyre test properly yeah. in a magazine because you find out what tyre works for a specific model on a specific set of circumstances. You know, can, so to say temperature. Yeah, exactly. To say, oh, you should absolutely buy these Michelins over these Pirellis or over these whatever's. I mean, okay, it works on that Volkswagen Golf that you've mm. tested that day. But is that... Yeah, what about the... Everything in every circumstance. And what about when they've got 5,000 miles of wear on and what about... When you know somebody doesn't quite get the pressures to the exact manufacturer's yeah, yeah. Oh, so, so much in it, yeah. But I'm intrigued because I mean, it, the harder you make a tire, the less it wears. But then the worse the performance, performance, and yeah. therefore braking performance is what we'd care about most, I suppose, for safety. Yeah, that must. I think EV braking is is presumably um, helpful in reducing particulates a bit because of the yeah, because you don't the, use the regenerative thing. Yeah, because you use the pads so infrequently. But I must say, as you and I know, for the for the the sort of circuit driving that we've done, the difference between you know on a on an absolutely a control car, the difference between you know an okay tire and a fantastic tire can be seconds a lap, can't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Even in even when you're talking treaded road tires. Mm. Yeah. So it's uh, it's it's about choosing the right rubber mm. for that purpose. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Tell me about pre-flight checks and the <laughs> SQ8. Well, I... I <laughs> this is a regulatory-created issue as well. I think. It is, yeah. Oh, I mean, I, I've done a bit of whinging about the, the controls and the funny haptic controls in the SQ8 that I'm driving, the e-tron that I'm driving. And I just find that you're best um, to say to yourself... I am going to spend the next 30 seconds configuring the car as I want it to be configured before I attempt to drive it. And mm. because of, you know, I've been driving all my life, you, you just get used to leaping in a car and you somehow your hands move and turn off the handbrake and select a gear and you're down the road within a couple of seconds. Yeah. But I don't think it's like that anymore because you've got to turn off the lane departure warning. You know, I've never met one I like. Mm. Um, there's a gizmo in the Audi which looks at all... Um, speed limit signs and bongs if you go one mile an hour over the speed limit sign. Yeah. Um, 
and it's so you you sort of need to do a little tour around the car to turn everything off and it mm. reminds me of learning to fly i can remember when i before i ever had a pilot's license i wanted to to do it i used to watch these little airplanes on the on the aprons of air, air, airports and they'd be sitting there with minutes with the engine running and i always wondered why yeah but then you know when i had a go at it i discovered that you know checklists and safety procedures and looking around and testing things and i think it's we just need to get ourselves into a bit of a mindset where we put a couple of minutes into configuring the car the way we want it before we get going yeah i think you're right yeah i think there's a it is a an increasingly common thing isn't it as car makers have to meet these gsr2 yeah. latest battle safety regulations where as you say the car bongs if you go a mile an hour over the speed limit that it thinks exists, not yeah. necessarily the actual speed limit on no. the road. So there's a bit, there's stretches where I've done a bit of driving up in Scotland recently, and there is a long stretch of one road where it says the they've recently reconfigured the truck speed limit 250 yeah. from 40 for lorries. But now it says trucks over seven and a half tons are allowed to do 50 miles an hour. Of course, cars are allowed to do 60 miles an hour. But every time you drive past one of those signs, the car thinks... This 50 mile 50. an hour speed limit applies. Yeah. So if you have it configured in the standard way that the car arrives, according to somebody's bright idea that this is this <laughs> is the way the car will know what the speed limit is, it would be bonging at you all the time. Yeah. I, oh, I, and I would, I hope, it's this, we might touch on my column later. <laughs> in the last few years, right, cars have got better and better, but I have never wanted to burn so many cars <laughs> as in the last couple of months. Yeah. But it's not necessary, their fault, yeah. you know. Um, I got in a Range Rover, was it a Range Rover the other day? No, New Defender the other day. That had quite a good, you push one button on the steering wheel and it brought up on the touchscreen the option to push your personalised uh, adaptive driver assistance settings. Right. So it's one button on the steering wheel. And then you go, well, those are the settings I want. And therefore, it would turn off most of those things. All the stuff you just And including, yeah, including even if you're not... Because it, 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 I stand there, I, 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 it has to bong when the speed limit changes. So even if you're not breaking the speed limit, yeah. it would bong at you just because the speed limit has changed. Yes. Which I consider the, the most needless thing I Indeed. consider. Indeed. Needless. And I just don't... I don't want... I don't... I don't, don't need it. No. Nobody else spoken to wants it. Nobody else spoken to no. in the business, out of the business. Nobody likes this idea. You you do get the feeling that a bunch of people have been sitting around in a room and thought, "Here's another thing we can do." You yeah. know, the electronics what are in the car. What can we do next? What yeah. can we do next to? Yeah. The one I hate the most. Justifying our existence. You know how you you're driving along in a car and you've there's a difference between the the speed on the dashboard yep. and the speed in the in the sat nav because one's you know, looks at the sky and tells you the actual speed. Mm. And there are plenty of times when I've been caught bonging between the 32 showing on the on the uh, oh, on the dashboard of the car yeah. and the 30 that's actual. Oh, interesting. And, and that you know, you're not even doing the wrong thing, but you're still yeah. getting you're still getting to, you're still for it. Yeah, there Got was a, um, it was a good thing I was drove the other day that had a on the average speed camera sections. It knew when they came in and it knew when they stopped and it would tell you on the screen what your average speed was as you spoke. Wow. As, as actually, you know, a live update. This is your <coughs> average speed so far through this average yeah. speed camera section, which is cool. 
and actually quite useful. But if there's a little bit of traffic, then actually, because you because you the differences in an average are are influenced so much by the extremes. If you spend any time stationary at all, your average speed through that section would drop massively. Collapses, yeah. So then you could go really quick, yeah, and still not boost the average speed camera, but. The idea is that you don't go over, say, 50. The idea is not that you do a naught there and 100 there. Yeah. The idea is you kind of, you know, it would be dangerous to do more than 50 anyway. Yeah. But uh, but an interesting use of those. It is. It is. I thought, at least, of the, of the tech. Anyway. Definitely. Yeah. Um, before we go for a break, tell me about uh, Jeepers. Jeepsters? What do they call them? People who drive Jeep. Jeep enthusiasts. Oh, well, this comes from Mr. Atwood, our, mm. our acting editor, who... Uh, Spends a lot of time in America because he's got relative. He's two things. He's got relatives there. I think his brother lives in Texas. Right. He's addicted to running marathons, so he mm. runs marathons all around the world. Amazing thing for a bloke to do, especially as a journalist. Person yeah, yeah, yeah. lazy as a journalist. Yeah, lazy as <laughs> us. And he'll run. He does like three sub three hours or about three oh, hours. He's, doesn't he's, he's, he's fast, prodigiously quick. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, he, he. I think he was running the Houston Marathon or something or other. It might have been half marathon. Mm. And he. Lobbed in the airport, hired a car, was looking for a Toyota Corolla and was given a Jeep Wrangler, five-door, which he duly drove for a couple of days. And when he came back, he parked it somewhere in Houston. And when he came back, there was this blue rubber duck that was tucked into the driver's door, Mm. door door handle. And it turns out that apparently Jeep owners in America, if they approve of another Jeep nearby, they they leave a rubber duck on it. And I was, he thought it was bizarre, and I thought it was equally, certainly bizarre enough to bung in the column. Anyway. Yeah. And uh, no, nobody's quite explained what the significance of rubber duck is, but apparently it's general. You can see Jeeps with, you know, a dozen rubber ducks all Oh, really? All positioned along the top of the dashboard. Yeah. So we 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 wait for it to spread across the Atlantic as oh, everything does. Interesting as things do. I wonder, do you carry a few with you, or do you yeah, must just do. wait for you, pay yours forward, or, or donate do you one of yours to the bloke yeah. that? You- it's interesting. What do you collect? Yeah, I was wondering what you know. If we wanted to found this, what would we do for Land Rover? What would be the thing? Bulldog? No. Um, oh, I wonder. Um, uh, well, some little Labrador or something, or a Spaniel would be the def- would yeah, be the old series Land Rover of choice. Yeah, um, it's coming. I'll tell yeah, you. Maybe it is. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I'm I'm not I'm not against it. Yeah. Nah. I, I, anything that makes people like cars, I'm, yeah. I'm okay with. Yeah, yeah. I think maybe it could be models of a ginger cat, such as your such own as personal my, cat. He's just gone upstairs, mate. He's yeah. had enough of the podcast, and he's he's <laughs> off. He's had a nice week this week because you've come today, and our videographer came and stayed the other day, so he's had plenty of company. He's he's enjoyed it. Yeah, he's, he's very just, sociable though. He's, he's been sort of yeah. strolling about. He failed to work or walk on my keyboard for once. Well, that does make a change, a refreshing change. <laughs> um, Steve and I are going to take a short break, and we'll be back for more My Weekend Cars in just a sec. What car would you buy if you could buy any car? What car would you buy if you knew you could save thousands? What car would you buy if you could compare the latest offers from approved dealers? What car would you buy if you could do all of this in one place in just a few simple clicks? And where would you go to buy that car? What car? Car buying made easy. Visit whatcar.com to buy your next new car. 
Welcome back to My Week in Cars. You can write to us, autocar at haymarket.com, as Michael, no surname, sorry, has done. Uh, we talked about a Citroen EC4 last week, didn't we, and a battery yeah. issue that a bloke was having. Michael said he had an EC4 for two years, did 44,000 miles in a 100-mile-a-day commute. The range was a disappointment, especially below 10 degrees. Um, and I think, though... I had better range than your other correspondent, although the same service interval issues, which is 12,000 miles, but nobody seems to know. Anyway, Michael says, prove the financial case for the cheapest new Tesla Model 3, which is 100 miles more for only 26% more battery. The thing that strikes me is that the LFP battery can be charged to 100%, and the ease of not having to worry about charging above 90% cannot be underestimated. No. Because some manufacturers do say, I mean, I ran a star for a while and the blurb does say if you can get away with charging for not more than 90 that's preferable but i mean depends if you can afford to lose that bit of yeah. range off it doesn't it really so. i guess then you just it's the planning that's the problem isn't it mm. because you know yesterday my i was telling you my missus broke down on the m4 right mm. and um it was necessary to drive quite a long time uh, distance to rescue her this was unplanned mileage and, it, oh, okay. and the, the car that i had was electric and mm. uh, and i took it to the very outside of the envelope too so it's all very well to say well i'm only going to charge 80 or 90 percent but if you suddenly find you need the 10 you can't just yeah stick it in like you would with a petrol mm. so it's it's a bit of a drag that was um yeah. that was a bit of an adventure the the um the mini can uh, uh picked up a, a kind of bolt in the back uh, passenger side tyre and she was there for a couple of hours standing on the fo- on other the, side of the motorway. She's, she was saying two things. Mm. You forget how quick and how intimidating the traffic is yeah. on a motorway. It just seems normal when you're in it, but when you stand there watching it go by, it's all this pent-up energy is amazing. Mm. And also it's... um. It, it, it's just the, the danger. The, the, the danger of the that the, the rescue people are in is uh, considerable because yeah, winching this car onto a flatbed put put the bloke at risk. She feels mm. yeah. so. Quite it a is thing. the uh, it's yes, it's the it's the it's a pretty hairy situation, and the mini has no spare, but it's not a position you'd want to fit a spare. No, in any way. That's what be, she said. Even if I had a the motorway, yeah. to do that. Yeah, I think, uh, and it, we've had we've been rescued three times lately because mm. we had some adventures with the Alpine Remo. Of course, yeah. Each time, each of the three people has turned out to be a really lovely guy. Mm. You know, helpful, relaxed, um, go the second mile, really nice people. It takes a while to get them to to, to, <laughs> to, get them to, to come because they're busy. You yeah. know, but but. Uh, I tell you what, the I don't know if anybody who rescues people off motorways is listening to this, but but you know, a sample of three, you're all a bunch of good people. Yeah, all power to your elbow. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I we had a Seat Ibiza here. My daughter used to run a one liter Seat Ibiza. I don't know if it was a one point two, but it was that little petrol trickle, mm-hmm. and that had a problem, had a misfire or something. wasn't you know certainly wasn't firing on everything. And a bloke from the AA turned up and said, "These injectors do go." But I've got some in the van. Really? I've got, and, he, and, he, and he pulled off the caps and he said, well, two of these I can see have been replaced already. One of them hasn't. I'll try replacing that and see what and see if that works. Popped a new one in. Job done. Wow. And just the, they, the, the 
I don't know what the ex- the daily regular exposure plus the fact that they are you know pretty self self starting yeah. you know they they yeah. are people who are prepared to be out there doing it as well it gives them a, a degree of initiative I think that's I think so yeah but the, our experience has been great I don't exactly look forward to the next breakdown but I <laughs> but I I sort of um I suspect it'll go okay yeah yeah uh more events coming, Steve. Castle Coombe in June. What's that going to be? Yeah, there's a thing called Masters of Motoring, which I think is in a, a, um, a weekend, in the first weekend, I think, in June. Mm. Um, first day is is a lot of demonstrations of rather flash cars, at fast cars at Castle Coombe. Second one is a, is a sort of exhibition concourse classic motoring festival at um, a nearby stately home called... Forgotten the name of it. Oh, I'll look, um, well, you carry on and I'll look it up um, in your column um, if it's hang on, in the... it's going to come to me. No, it's not come to me. No, it's not come to you. I used oh. to go there a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I like near Castle Coombe. Uh, is the village called, is is the is the next village along from Castle Coombe called Tiddlywink? Don't know. Yeah, I only I know Castle Coombe village. No, I think there's a, I think there's a, I'm going to look this up as well while you continue the story. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure the village is called uh, Bowood House. Bowood right? House is the yeah. one, yeah. It's actually a nice place to go. Even we used to go. The Sprogs were small, hmm. and there's an extraordinary, or well, used to be an extraordinary treehouse that everybody, you know, would keep your kids occupied for uh, hours. It's yeah. great. Yes, there is. A, anyway, yes. This, anyway. So, well, yes, the point I was also... trying to make is that is that here's another one. It yeah. sounds good. Mm-hmm. It's local to us. Yeah. I should go because I believe in supporting local stuff. But it's another one. You know, there's a, there's how do we fit them all in? Because here you are down the road from from uh, Bista Heritage, there must be at least six things you could go to uh, in a year. May, uh, many more, I think, because yeah, yeah, because there are four scrambles at least. Yeah. But then scramblers have their own little, just sort of separate meetings yeah. to that. And then quite often people like Roll Hard or uh, Radwood and the other stuff. That's it. They yeah. will, they will go. It's just, and then club club meets will festival the unexceptional is just up the road. Goodwoods, you know, two Goodwoods plus the Goodwood breakfast meets plus uh, I'm going to mention another publication, Piston Head Sunday Services. Yeah, you could be, and then just places to go, Caffeine Machine, Retrosect are going to have a thing, are they? That you could just be, and this I'm talking largely southeast here because that's kind of where I, kind of where I live. But actually, multiply that through all of the regions as well. I mean, it's just. You've you've sort of you've got to sit down and mark your card at the beginning mm. of the year almost, don't you? And you, and you and also you need the organisers to tell you in very good time when they're having an yeah. event because otherwise you won't get there. Yeah, I um, mean it is it's is a wonderful situation. Oh, it's great! We're isn't damn it? lucky. Yeah. But but uh, I I if I don't support Masters of Motoring, I'll I'll feel that I haven't done the right thing by the people in my it, locality because it is down the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know where the I don't know where the name Tiddlywink comes from, but it is yes, it is it is just down the road from from Castle, Castle Coombe. Yeah, oh, I well. drive through I drive through it from Chippenham on, on the oh, way up. And is it the nicest place name in England? Tiddlywink. <laughs> it is. It's cool, isn't it? Somebody I knew who reckoned there was a place not far from Manchester called Cowpat Hovel. But I think that's oh, really, really crap. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the, the name is said to derive from rhyming slang for a quick drink. One of its cottage cottages historically being known to serve beer. To passing cattle drivers. Well, well, is that right? Well, I'm sure it's right. <laughs> yeah, we'll go with it. We'll go with it. Anyway, that's according to Wikipedia. What's next on uh, the list? 
two things to talk about. Um, let's talk my column briefly, very briefly. Yeah. I think I was in the office yesterday, day before yesterday, picked up a copy of Classic and Sports Car Magazine, which uh, is our sibling title, written by excellent people. And uh, including a, yourself, mate. including me, now and again. Yeah, I've got to write a Porsche 356 story for them, actually, and mm. in the, the not too distant. Um, CVR Griffith versus Mascos Mantara versus MGR V8. I thought, oh, that's interesting. And I started flicking through and I thought, blimey, I remember. Sorry, sound like an old <laughs> I remember. I said a horrible phrase to use in the podcast. I do remember when. Um, those, those three plus a Morgan Plus 8 and a Janetta G33 were a group test that I remember. And I was a grown-up at that point. A, a group test of those brand new cars. Um, was it an auto car? Uh, no, it wasn't. It was a defunct title. But, okay. But, uh, well, a bloke that we both know called John Barker, I think, wrote it in Performance Car in 1993. Oh, okay. and, uh, and, you know, I'm delighted to say that the bloke I grew up reading, it's not that much older than me, actually, but, you know, he is now a mate of mine. How nice is that? Yeah. How cool is that? Handy um, driver. Yeah, really. And, yeah, and just a lovely guy. Anyway, uh, I think he wrote that feature, or Pete Tomlin wrote it. I can't. Uh, but it was a while. Okay. Yeah, but yeah. anyway, the short of it is... I thought, oh my goodness, here we are reading <laughs> yeah. classic car stuff about stuff that feels like it was about three weeks ago. I know. But I mentioned it to a few people and somebody said, oh, I love that, you know, miss the days when you could have those eccentric machinery. And I yeah. thought, actually, you can still buy a Morgan Plus 6, yeah. whatever. You could, Janetta just not so many road cars as it, or its focus isn't road cars, but it probably makes more cars than ever. It's certainly more financially stable than ever. Yeah. The Lotus Elise has come and gone since those were around. You can now buy an aerial, which you couldn't. Caterhams are still as exciting as they ever were. Morgan now do a three-wheeler as well as the other stuff. I, do. I think there's more, you know, we're as well-served as we ever were. Yeah, yeah, I stuff like the Nomad. Was, you know, what yeah. a car that is. Yeah. Nothing like it in the back in the day, is no. it? No, and, and I think in terms of sort of self-build cars as well, we are the professionalism of that side of the business is higher than it would have been 30 years oh, ago. Oh, much higher. Much, much higher. higher. Much better. Well, the, the thing I was, when I read that column, I was, mm. I was thinking about the um, the unevenness with which cars, you know, from 20, 30 years ago um, go forward. You know, some some keep their reputation, you know, very high reputation, seem relevant. Morgan Plus 8 seems relevant to me, mm. even though it's a quirky car. And some of them have just gone, and it's uh, it's it's so it'd be interesting if you were choosing in in the in the moment to know what the hell's going to happen in the twenty five years time. Oh, interesting. <laughs> uh, yeah, go on. If you could pick a limited run British built sports car today that would have a good reputation in twenty five years time, Aerial Atom Four. Yeah, totally. I I th I think. It's so spectacular anyway, mm. but also beautifully made and none around mm. market entirely controlled by aerial. So the car you buy, secondhand car you buy is admittedly pretty high priced, but it's also perfect. Yeah. And um, so I reckon they're going to leave a, a, you know, a, a, a big, uh, mm. well, let's hope they're still doing it anyway in 25 oh, Yes, I dare say they will be. Yeah. yeah. I uh, went down to Ariel not so long ago for a chat and they were talking about some of the used car 
market. And as you say, they most of them come back and get sold through Aerial without ever being advertised. There was one for there was one up for sale for quite a lot of for quite a lot of money. And they said, well, the thing is, the owner wants quite a lot of money for it. But actually, most people will look at that and think, I could buy a new one for not much more. Yeah. So that will be a bit difficult to have around. But most of them come back and they go out the door at a reasonable, you know, a, a price so close to the, you know, to a new one. People will just go, yeah, I just yeah. I just want one. They've got a list of people who want them and that's the... It's amazing, yeah. isn't it? it the is. car that, remember, I had one for three and a half years mm. and I got back to the pound note exactly what I paid for it after three and a half years. That's remarkable, isn't it? I mean, admittedly, that the prices of Aerial 3.5s had gone up, but mm. it's not bad. Boy, yeah. it made you feel awfully good. And the car was perfect, incidentally. Mm. Nothing wrong with it. Mm. Yeah, I, I reckon. Yeah, I reckon. I was just not time, equal to the damn car. That was a problem. Too quick. They are fast, aren't they? Well, not. Uh, you know, Did you, I, have you, you had a supercharged one? Well, yeah, I, I, I did two stupid things. I went back. <laughs> three stupid things. I went back for the brake kit. Right. Well, not really necessary because it stopped perfectly well anyway. Mm -hmm. I went back for the supercharger, which was really stupid because even the non, you know, the n normally aspirated car was quick. And I went back for a windscreen, which I don't regret because mm. that did allow us to do a bit of touring around in it. Didn't look as cool, but uh, actually, funnily enough, they've they've refined the screen into something much smaller, but aerodynamically very efficient, as we're. About to explain in the oh, rag in the next couple of weeks. Interesting. What, a full screen or a little aero? The, 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 the little aero screen the little that, aero. that's it's a sort of air dam, but it mm. makes a huge difference to yeah. how you feel in the cockpit. And it and it can. It also, as we found in, in a wind tunnel research that we're going to explain, mm. converts um, lift to downforce. Excellent. Very interesting. That is interesting. Yes, that will be. When have you got? You've got to write that this oh, afternoon. Have to, you? Yeah, well, no, <laughs> Monday. Uh, Monday. So yeah, I think it'll be in the week after next. Okay, issue of the week, whatever that is, mid Feb. Yeah, that's cool. I think at end of Feb, I've got that Porsche three five six. I'm looking forward to hearing about that because they're so revered, aren't they? But it is a VW Beetle with a, it is a, a big fat Beetle body with a yeah with a, an, an aerodynamic shape. I mean, it must have looked in 1948. It must have looked from another planet. You know? Yeah, it must have looked spectacular. And they were they were bulletproof, weren't they? Do you remember mm. they? I mean, I remember them being used in round Australia trials. You know, really fifteen thousand mile beating around the, yeah. on the worst roads in the world. And because they were strong, they they, you know, came through it. Mm. I'm not a massive replica sort of bloke, but I could have a Beetle with a three five six body on it and feel three five six shaped coupe body and feel pretty good about. Yeah, feel pretty all right about it. I think the lovely shape. I could be yeah. really happy with it. Yeah, yeah, amazing story. I mean, I'd get looked down upon by well by well, real three five six owners, but you know, but who cares? <laughs> uh, right. Lastly, uh, you've tried another decent Ford this week. Oh yes, yes. Well, would I, you go as far as saying it's a decent Ford? I would. I would. Yeah. I was. Um, I've been uh, whinging about the Ford Mackey, the first EV, mm -hmm. the the American built, so called Mustang Mackey, for uh, whatever it is, a couple of years. Certainly, I think it showed up on our market in ninety one. And it, it always seemed to me to be inadequately developed in the suspension. I know this is a bit of a litany because I was going on about this just the other day with another of their cars. But they've taken it seriously this time. Mm. Second attempt, put up a much improved suspension under it, and now it goes well. You can, you, as I approved the other day, you can sit in the car, go quite a long distance, 
and feel okay about it. It's still not got the level of sophistication that I think comes with a BMW i4, which mm. is a similarly priced and similarly sized machine. But but it's a hell of a lot better, and it's got what I always think of as Ford appeal. I just, you know, my you know the story. My grandfather was a Ford dealer in the middle of Australia. I I've just got it in the blood. No matter how I try and uh, not have it. Yeah, and um, so I. I'm pleased. I, re- I, th- I think it's a car you could recommend to people now. That's a good thing, isn't it? Because every time I have seen one of late, I've gone, oh, I like them, but couldn't couldn't recommend it. It's, it's, that, it's, it's never that a car. Pitching, that, terrible yeah. pitching, but yeah. they seem to have, just by increasing spring rates, I think, okay. um, they seem to have tamed it. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Because, yes, it's... Still a, high price, mind you. Yeah. But it's quite an attractive looking car, I oh, think, I think so. isn't it? You know, yeah. and it's just, it, there's, there's a lot about it that I have liked. But it, when somebody says, should I buy one? I've always gone, mm, yeah, probably not. You should yeah. try one and see if you get on with a car. And this would be a nice way to just go, when somebody says, I'm thinking about, suddenly you can go, okay, now, it, yes, you can put that on your shortlist confidently. Yeah, have, like, still have a go because you might not get the one with a, with a, revi- <laughs> with a, with a better suspension. But it's not uh, hardware in terms of, Pick up points and no, actual, no, no. I think it's just rates, rates, rates of springs um, and dampers, but, and shizzle. But, but pretty thorough job, so they say. Good. Well, that's good news. Feels good. That is good news. Uh, what's next for you, Steve? We are. We're. Uh, I think I'm around most of next week. To, yeah, to, I think I, I, I need to sit down and write this aero story. This is mm. aerial aero story, and then ah, uh, you know, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> good know. trip. That wasn't it. Weird. So it's just just. Was it last thing before Christmas we did this? It was a trip to Catesby Tunnel, yep. which is a you was a railway tunnel, dead straight. Yeah, uh, not far from here. Actually, it's in Northamptonshire, isn't it? Yeah, I'm actually, trying to think how long it's a couple old, of miles through Hillside, isn't it? Yeah, I I'm gonna get this. I think I know. I, I was going to say I might get this wrong if I'm not careful. I think it's on the old London to Manchester railway. Oh, I line, think you're right. Which effectively, right. HS2 is now sort of replacing. Yeah, but. Um, yeah, a lot of bats. Yeah, that's it. It's a bat. Ca- it's a bat cabin, which is yes. Yeah, so, so there's a bit of the tunnel they can't use the other end because yeah, the, the bats like that's it. That's right. There's a colony, isn't there? That mm. they've had to specially. It's a pretty special set up colony as bats go, isn't it? I think. Yeah. I mean, most bat colonies are special, but this one's particularly. Well, they're they're loved. pretty. They're, it's a pretty ritzy turnout for the bats, isn't it? You know, it's a, a yeah. luxury. But yeah, cool place. A turntable at each end. Yeah, which is just. Cool. And Amazing. just so atmospheric to be in that tunnel. Yeah. Just really cool. But yeah, the idea is same temperature all the time, same aero, uh, the, the floor move, the, you know, as because the car is rolling, you get totally authentic feel. Yeah. And wind tunnels can't give you yeah, that. No exactly. anchoring, no, it's yeah. no, no funny no cavitation of, of a great big fan like or anything. Yeah. No, the, the, and the, the thing that the results have just come through, I was looking at them just you know, day or so ago. Mm. And it becomes clear that the, the 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 sort of results and the accuracy that you get from this is is very impressive and, and as Simon Saunders, aerial boss, has told us very worthwhile. Mm. Good. Cause uh so yeah, I'm looking forward to writing the, the story. Yeah. Well I look forward to reading it. Um meantime, thank you mate. See you soon. See you next week. Mom 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.